2: This
0: is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek
3: Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante live on YouTube and Twitter. You'll catch us later on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We are locked out of heaven, but thank God the New York Yankees made, I couldn't even count how many personnel moves right before the lockout <laughs> started, 35, 40, 45. The Yankees luckily went absolutely crazy at the eleven fifty-nine deadline. No, they didn't at all. The Yankees did nothing. They're going into the cold winter having done nothing. They're one free agent signing, Joely Rodriguez. That's the free agent the Yankees have signed. Yankees free agency is one man free agent it was one guy and the lockout is here december 2nd 1201 a.m. it came into effect officially there is no more baseball news transactions players are off the website you can't even see the guys we're going to take you through this from a Yankees perspective what fans are allowed to be angry at why fans should calm down a little bit what you can do to occupy your time while you wait for the lockout to end because, folks, it's going to be a while. And you really think – I mean, there couldn't possibly be no rumors or no transaction for the next couple months. I'm surely going to learn something while the game is locked out. I don't know if you will, but we're going to take you through it. We're also going to talk about the contracts the Yankees did tender right before the lockout occurred. Um, They had one last chance to make some statements, and they made the wrong statement or at least a stasis statement basically every single time. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the Dead Zone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I don't know when this is going to end, but I think everybody agrees while it may not take any games off the board, it also might do that. And we're certainly not going to be celebrating a happy holidays this year. The winter meetings axed. The game is dead.
1: Winter meetings axed is upsetting because that's the best part of the whole thing experience that's what it's all about you're there you're listening to the buzz going around whether it's true or not even you know the fake stuff is fun you get to imagine things that aren't even going to happen that aren't likely to happen we got a taste of that with uh with uh, the yankees and freddie freeman right leading up to the lockout which kind of felt good um and freddie freeman's still a free agent so pretty cool to think about you have however long to think about that i don't know i don't know why we're sitting here thinking that um the lockout may not take games off the board. Uh, I think that's a super optimistic way of uh, approaching this entire thing. Why? Uh, simply because yeah, we've been talking about this lockout for years, not year singular, years. 2019, I briefly remember it being, oh, you know, the CBA expires right before the 2022 season. So we got to look ahead to that. And I'm just like, why are we – why? Why can't they just figure out a new CBA before then? There's years yeah. to go.
3: Yeah, Jeff Passan showed off an old column from, I think, 2016. That was Talking basically that, the I'm five-year thinking. anniversary of him being like, yeah, all this does is kick the can down the road to the 2021 lockout. It's like, surely it. we have five full years. We're going to figure out a lockout by then. People got angrier. Yeah,
1: I I don't understand it. And then you have the, – like. Who puts Rob Manfred in front of a microphone today? Whose idea was that? I don't know what the marketing decision, but like MLB needs to have smarter marketing people than that. He is terrible as everything for the game. Spokesperson, ambassador, whatever it is. He's seemingly neutered the game in various different ways. And now, um, look, I'm not siding. I, you, know, you side with the players. It's the, the players are the working class, so you always side with them. But there's blame to go all around here. I will first and foremost blame the owners and then we'll, you know, we'll blame the players like, you know, five items down the list. Um, but it's just insane how it's gotten to this point. I understand the contracts have gotten a little out of hand. And whether you agree with that or not, um, there is something to be said about doling out 10-year. Co- Baseball is the only sport that doles, eight t- uh, doles out 10-year, 12-year contracts, folks. No other sport does it. And they typically do it with these guys, you know, reaching – the plateau of their careers at 20 between 28 and 31. Um, and it's simply not good business because then you want to talk about teams that get gun shy, the Yankees getting saddled with dudes uh, making, you know, 25 to $35 million later on in their career. And it provides an excuse for them to not continue spending. So I think something has to be done. My crazy pitch. I don't know if it's that crazy um, or if it's really dumb, but why don't we do four years of club control uh, you hit free agency after that, create a salary floor, and then a 10-year deal for you know a team like the Pirates or the Indians doesn't look that unattractive. You get players hitting free agency at 25 and 26 instead of 29 and 30. It really changes the trajectory of it all. Um, and then obviously you got to create the salary floor because there's no reason that teams should have anything below a $100 million payroll. No excuse. You have 82 home games or 81 home games in Major League Baseball. Uh, even if you know some of those are weekday day games, you're getting a ton of weekends, a ton of nights, um, a ton of marquee division rival games, and any everything of the sort. So you're making money hand over fist. There's merch, there's TV deals. I don't really want to hear it. I know there needs to be some amendments here and there, uh, but I'm totally disappointed. Not, I'm not surprised. It's just disgraceful how we've come so far as humans. So far as humans, we've done so many great things in every facet of the world and we can't just come to an agreement on how to play baseball or how to make rules to play baseball or any parameters in between so i uh i'm not i am not optimistic that this will get settled sooner rather than later i think we might be looking at three months of no no news that's 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 my minimum baseline
3: there is still somehow like the 60 year old man take of when they post uh that max scherzer is out drawing the orioles and and, and Pirates payroll, there's still the people who are like, gay, these contracts have gone too far. There's one guy <laughs> and a whole team is below the guy. And it's like, no, the problem is that there's a yes. team with eight rostered players and they're being paid $32 million. And the Baltimore Orioles are in year six of a rebuild. <laughs> and they're owned by, like the, the GM in charge of the Orioles is, this Astros guy who comes from that McKinsey school of like ruthless efficiency. And it took the Astros like six years to get to where they are, but they hit on everybody. They drafted, they got Correa Bregman and they missed on Mark Appel and, and whatever, but they, you know, they, they collected assets and they used those assets ingeniously. The Orioles are still in the asset collection stage and they've got Adley Rutschman coming up who everybody agrees is a top five prospect in baseball behind the plate. They have Grayson Rodriguez on the mound. They only have one pitching prospect who everybody agrees is a home run slam dunk. Heston Kerstad, who they drafted last year number two overall, had COVID side effects and couldn't work out all offseason and only recently towards the end of 2021 got back to baseball. All of this is to say that a team like the Orioles run by this ridiculous, ruthless efficiency, there's five or six baked in years of absolute gibberish before you can even consider that they're fielding a competitive product of any kind. And then once you reach the end of those five or six years, you might not have enough. They don't have half the pitching they need. They have only one position player prospect who I can look at and say, that seems like the future. But then again, I could say that about Matt Wieters 15 years ago, and he ended up being a 15-homer, decent, two-time all-star catcher, not someone who could change your franchise or do much of anything. And that's the best-case scenario. And you you see these Astros guys who are, again – From the business world, from the world of ruthless player evaluation. And you don't even get the idea that they particularly care and they they could just do it all over again. If the five years that are wait, which are human lives, were wasting the lives of players competing and the lives of fans who stake their reputation on these teams succeeding. They live or die with these teams. And, and we complain about the Yankees not spending enough. And, and there's the Orioles who are willing to throw six years down the tubes. And if they don't get the assets they dream of, are willing to do it all over again. And that's why they're leaking that Cedric Mullins might be available. It's like they yeah. accidentally found somebody like Cedric Mullins this year, who's all MLB, all-star starter type level guy. And the conversation after the year isn't, wow, we found an additional cornerstone. We could move faster than we anticipated. We could sign Corey Seager. We could dole out a $300 million contract, pair him with Mullins. Then you've got at least a one, two, three, four, five, not enough pitching. Sign John Gray. They could do what the Rangers did. They decided, no, instead we're actually, we found one person by accident. We're going to start fielding trade calls about him. And John Means too. Yeah. I know he's not young,
1: but that's an asset. It's a pitching asset.
3: Yeah. We want to start this all over again. We'd rather start this all over again than even try to, to move to that next level. And so when you have that ruthless efficiency in baseball, it's only natural that when players are viewed as, and look, I know Max Scherzer's making a lot of money. I know that plenty of people made a lot of money in the last 72 hours. John Boy was wise enough to say, I wonder if this is going to be used as a negotiating tactic in, in 48 hours to say like, What do you mean we don't spend money? Didn't we just spend a lot of money? And then Rob Manford wrote that in his open letter. Of He basically said, this is the the time in America when players are making more than they've ever made before. Didn't you see what just happened? As if that wasn't a coordinated attack on the idea of a lockout. Um, We are no closer to resolving this than we were last year or the year before or the year before that. That's I trust insiders when they tell me they don't anticipate missing any game action. I obviously don't trust Rob Manfred when he says (laughs) we're doing this now because we don't want an interruption to the championship campaign of 2022 or whatever. When I turn the playoffs into a 14 team, choose your own adventure (laughs) where the division winners get to pick a little league team to play in the first round, you know, on an aircraft carrier off the coast of North Carolina, (laughs) like, He has grand plans for for the championship season of 2022. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to see them. But I certainly don't – I I trust insiders when they tell me they think this will get resolved. I don't trust him when he says it, and I don't see how it happens because we're we're definitely no closer now than we were during the pandemic bargaining and during the one-year period before that when we all heard the fire.
1: No, we're not. Um, And there's a lot of problems to sort out. I don't know where they're going to begin, especially because, like – How many, but they met a couple of separate times yesterday and the shortest meeting was seven minutes. What is the discussion for seven? We've been talking for twelve minutes.
0: Yeah. And it really hasn't
1: really hasn't been substantial. Really hasn't been a substantial conversation. So I don't know what like what people are just passing bullet points around on a piece of paper and someone's saying, No, get out of here. And it's just they're cycling in and out what they're gonna potentially talk about, and then someone's like, fine. eh, This is it, we're not doing this. This is a waste of time. Let's get out of here. And like it's got it got to the point where like, okay, let's sit down and negotiate. 12 hours before we have to make a final decision here. It's like, yeah, why not sit down and negotiate in the summer? You had the all-star break. You had before last season. It's it's it goes in line with everything that Major League Baseball does. You look at the COVID shortened season, that should have told you everything you needed to know. They took forever to figure things out um in terms of negotiating an actual season. And then they finally negotiate the actual season in which they tried to screw the players out of getting 100% of prorated salary. And then they said, oh, shit, we didn't go over health and safety protocols. Let's figure that out now. That should have been the first thing that was figured out. So this entire operation is concerned with money. And it starts with the owners who are obviously penny-pinching. We hear How much have we heard about how Steinbrenner trying to lower the luxury tax or abolish the luxury tax or whatever it is? I understand there's arguments against it because it does de-incentivize larger teams to spend and it allows the uh, uh, smaller market teams, which, by the way, are still worth over a billion dollars. So not really much of a worry there to benefit from other teams' spending, which kind of doesn't – it makes sense, but it doesn't. Something needs to meet in the middle here and there. But then again, the the chief concern here for everybody is money, which, and whenever that's the case, that means your priorities are lost. Anyway, let's talk about the Yankees because I'm sick of this shit. Um, We got non-tender decisions on Tuesday night, 8 p.m. The deadline was pushed up because of the lockout. um, And you thought that would mean some of these teams would plan ahead, specifically the Yankees. The Yankees had 19 arbitration eligible players. They obviously got rid of three of them um, in Clint Frazier, who was DFA'd, um, and ended up signing with the Cubs. Congrats to Clint. Uh, very nice for him. Hopefully he has a resurgent 2022, assuming we have a baseball season. Um, Tyler Wade was DFA'd and then traded. Um, and uh, there was one more. forgot who it was. Uh but uh, they, ended, they ended up having 16 arbitration-eligible players. The Yankees did not non-tender a single one of them. That's right. Gary Sanchez is back. You're starting catcher for 2022. And we can confidently say that because one of the uh, uh, targets for the Yankees on the trade market in Jacob Stallings was swiped up by the Marlins. Another terrible look for the Yankees. Not sure they were actually interested in Stallings. But you look at the price for Stallings and it's like, why didn't you just do that? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't care. The um,
3: Marlins have had a better catcher than us for at least eight years. They yes. Went Real Muto to, Star, to Stallings. It's yep. unbelievable.
1: Anyway. Yeah. And then you have Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt is back. Uh, Domingo Herman is back for some reason. I also don't know why Miguel Andujar is back. Um, I, I called most of these questionable decisions uh, solely because – a, they waited until 8.45 p.m., which was 45 minutes after the deadline to notify everybody that everybody was tendered a contract. Secondly, nobody was non-tendered, so you are bringing back, uh, not being mean, uh, worthless pieces in terms of what the contributions will be next year in terms of Domingo Herman and Miguel Andujar. There, there's no space for those guys unless your mo- main role for Domingo Herman is spot starting and eating innings. But if the Yankees don't want to do better than that, then that provides a little bit of concern about where they think they're headed in 2022. So that's $4 million approximately that uh, to me are sunk costs. Um, I don't know why you, I mean, I do know why you let Frazier go, but like, I don't let Frazier go in favor of Andujar. Fraser has more potential than Andujar. And it's clear. I don't like, I, I don't really know what the direction was here. Um, I under, and And there were no trades. Like, Luke Voigt, you didn't really think was going to be here. Should he still be here? I don't know. Um, I don't know if they think they can trade Domingo Herman and Miguel Andujar. I kind of think they're a little bit crazy if they think they do, unless it's just going to be uh, a move to clear I don't, uh, uh, roster spots or maybe get lottery ticket prospects. I have no idea. I don't think it's a good plan. I think this showed us once again that they don't know if they have a plan, or at least it looks like they don't. What did you garner for all this?
3: This team just, are you really telling me they can't do better than Domingo Herman? Like, I, I know what kind of Major League Baseball player Domingo Herman is at this point. The Yankees are trying to contend for a World Series, right? Aren't yeah. they? they? You know, run him out there for 120 innings? He's not good enough. No. He's hes not the worst Major League Baseball player. He's not good enough. No. 30 starts on the Pirates. Great. Trying. <laughs> not good enough. I, I'm sorry. And, and Neto Odor immediately going to the Orioles is an ultimate not good enough. Not a Yankee. Sorry, not good enough. You can play in Major League Baseball. Yeah, you can try to rediscover your power stroke with the Orioles. You can hit two twelve with twenty two home runs for the twenty twenty two Baltimore Orioles. That's great. Not a Yankee. Not good enough. You can carry you know depth pieces. You can carry five starters, etc. But neither of these players at their peaks are good enough to be key cogs on a championship team. So you know, running it back with Jimmy Herman running it back with Miguel and Duhar. We know who these players are. We really have to see them again. I know you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. I understand. And maybe yeah. you can trade them in the middle of February or March or April when the CBA is back up and running. And that's fantastic, but you know, I understand the ambition not to lose them for nothing, but these aren't players who are going to contribute to a World Series winning roster at this point. And when the Yankees have Andujar active and healthy, they spend the whole year trying to de-emphasize him. They, they yeah. just try to—they send him to the minors the first chance they can. When he's on the roster, they try not to play him. Why? Why are you going out of your way, bending over backwards, to take care of people who aren't good enough? And when they're active, you try hard not to play them. Because C- if you know yeah. what, what would help, you know what, what might stop you from being able to play them. Getting them off the roster might help. Gary Sanchez specifically, I don't want to lose Gary Sanchez for nothing. Uh, He frustrates the hell out of me. I did not want him to be the Yankees starting catcher in 2022. I did not want to slice a potential all-star catcher away at the non-tender deadline for zero dollars and zero benefit. That is a, I mean, it it would fit the Yankees ethos perfectly. And by the way, they got rid of Clint Frazier, Ruben Adore, and Tyler Wade to fit people onto the 40-man roster who needed Rule 5 protection. And then guess fucking what? idiots the rule five draft is canceled it's not <laughs> happening so you really lost those assets for nothing and i, I wonder if brian cashman for all we're saying about his inactivity and his slumbering and being in a sleeping bag probably furious behind closed doors because the, be. all, all indication was the rule five draft would be pushed back and wouldn't occur until march or cba resolution and they outright said today it's just gone it's not happening so the yankees made a lot of roster moves last week uh, literally for no i mean literally for no reason yeah. Not figuratively, for no reason. They protected people who didn't need to be protected, who could have been moved up and down off the roster during the middle of the year, which is a ridiculous move by Major League Baseball. Gary Sanchez and Luke Voit specifically, I would have tendered contracts to when yeah. to that point. But the problem is Wilson Contreras is available, basically, earlier that day from the Cubs. Uh, Wilson Contreras and Gary Sanchez both entering their final years. Both were tender to contract or in very similar positions, probably don't have futures with their franchises beyond this year, but you don't want to lose an $8 million catcher who could hit you 30 home runs for absolutely nothing and watch him walk to the Cleveland guardians, et cetera, and make your life hell. So the Cubs sign Yan Gomes earlier in the day. And so you're like, wow, perfect timing. The, the deadline's coming up. The Yankees could engineer some kind of Sanchez plus a twenties lottery ticket prospect for Contreras. The the values match up in their final years, but Sanchez is a worse ball player by a little bit. Give the Cubs a light Kevin Alcantara, like the same way where we traded them a 19-year-old to get Anthony Rizzo off their hands. Give them another 19-year-old with potential who's in the mid-20s on the prospect list. Call it a day. The Red Sox got creative last night. They traded Hunter Renfro at his peak for Jackie Bradley Jr. and a prospect who they really liked and ate all the money. That's what a team can do. If they have money to spend, they can, if they believe in a prospect, target him and add a terrible contract. I think that trade was stupid. They traded Hunter Renfro, who is a valuable baseball player, and they are theoretically a win-now team. It would make me mad if I was a Red Sox fan, but they had thoughts, and they executed them. The Yankees could have attached a lottery ticket to Gary Sanchez and gotten Will Ferris out of it and said they did absolutely nothing and don't have an upgrade on the horizon, and now have months of – they can't move. They're frozen in carbonite. It's over. Yeah. And if we're going to, you know, talk about potential
1: trades too, um, we're talking about a frenzy now. So they're going to get down to the wire. So you didn't think ahead to figure out if a trade was a smart idea at that point. And instead, you're going to wait two or three months for maybe an agreement to get the final stamp on it. And then what? It's a mad dash to figure out who you're going to trade to. Maybe there are agreements behind closed doors that we don't know about. Um, I I have no clue, Uh, but just from the surface level, from if you're operating a team, are you going to take that risk when you have to do roster overhaul and you know that changes need to be made and you know that there's clear people that you are giving contracts to that don't really have a spot or a space on the roster, or they're not moving the needle for you. Um, or they're not upgrading, or they're not provi- they're providing a downgrade, or they're just, you know, keeping you stuck in the mud for wherever you're at. Um I don't know how Luke Voigt is still here. Uh I don't know if there was a conversation that had been had between the Yankees and him comforting him and uh, hey, you know, we you know we blue balled you the last two and a half months of the season, but don't worry, buddy. Next year you're you're gonna be you're gonna be emphasized. I I is was that what was said? And Luke Boyd was like, "Oh, cool, dude. Yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> um, you know, being disrespected in uh in the in the form of being tra- uh being bumped by a trade candidate um who actually didn't even play that great. That was awesome. So yeah, I'll be back for 2022. It sounds great. Um, <laughs> so I don't I really don't know the the Anne duhar and and Domingo Herman things. They they it for for a for a cost conscious roster uh, for a cost conscious organization right now um, where they are you know doing these player option team option deals they cut Joelie Rodriguez to save uh to save a million dollars and they had the Rangers pay his buyout like if they're doing moves like that then what what are you what are you keeping players for that have the... it was the same thing with Clint Frazier like I liked what Clint Frazier could potentially uh, could have brought to the table but they kept sending him back down to the minor. So, okay, great. If you're going to do that, then trade him. He clearly has some value. Someone's going to want him. Get me a reliever. You can control for four years. Done deal. Sounds fun. Um, So I think that takes us right into why we should be mad. Why are we allowed to be mad right now? There's a lot of conversations going on among Yankee fans. Um, Some are mad beyond comprehension, which I don't (laughs) entirely agree with. Some people are mad that people are mad. Because you shouldn't be mad. It's it's a nice world, and now the Yankees have time to tr- strategize. But guess what? The Yankees had plenty of time to strategize. They had more than a month after the season. They actually had a month and a half, more a little bit more than that, to figure out what they would be doing, to figure out what the roster might look like, to figure out what changes they would make right off the bat. If you didn't know what changes need to be made right off the bat based on the play that you just saw in 2021, then i I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you think is right. I don't know if you even know what right from wrong is. So they didn't make enough decisions before the lockout happened to make you feel like, okay, moves are coming. We can look forward to something. Because right now, the only thing we could look for, you know, we watched all these other big names go off the board. I understand Marcus Simeon wasn't exactly a top Yankees target because of his uh, greater strength at second base. Um, But, you know... Rangers are spending money, a team that has no business spending money and they take two of the top free agents off the board. Corey Seager goes there who many fans wanted on a 10-year, 325 million dollar deal. Um and ostensibly that's what the Yankees should be spending. Max Scherzer goes cross town to the Mets, record deal. Yankees need a Yankees need a co-ace. If you're going to spend money, that's that's a good investment in my opinion. I know it's steep, I know the price is a lot, but you know, you want to talk about cutting the dead weight. You could have, you could have, if you were, I didn't want a non-tender Luke Voigt and Gary Sanchez, but you could have saved $20 million by non-tendering all four of the guys that we just talked about. And that frees up a half of you. You know, I'm just talking about making aggressive moves. I'm not endorsing any of this. And then stalling Marte, who was the clear cut center field option. I don't know if he was of interest to the Yankees, <laughs> uh, goes to the Mets on a four-year $78 million deal. Not too crazy. Uh, they backloaded it actually, so they're they're uh, they made the, they made it a little bit advantageous for the short term for them because obviously Scherzer's making now forty three million dollars a year. Um, and then you look at the other additions the Mets made: Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canha, two solid players, two solid players the Yankees could use. Uh, Canha's a lefty, right? Lefty bat.
3: I can't remember if he's a lefty or a switch hitter. But let yeah. Me, either he, way,
1: either way, he hits from the left side of the plate, I believe. And then you have a guy like Eduardo Escobar who can play a multitude of positions and has a major league bat.
3: Yeah. Canna bats. Right. We're dumb, oh,
1: but cool. Still. Great. Um, <laughs> so either way, those are guys that could be used. And look, um, I don't want to say anything. Uh, I, Chris Taylor wanted to go back to the Dodgers. Uh, but once again, we talk about everybody having a price. Um, I, I don't, if, if you were to tell me that Max Scherzer had the Mets on his top 10 list of teams to go to, at some point after last season uh, you you would have been you would have been high because there's no way that that was that kind of dysfunctional organization is anything he would be interested in doing they just gave him more money so if the Yankees came in and offered Chris Taylor 20 more million dollars than the Dodgers did you're not going to tell me that wouldn't have changed things i don't know uh, but the Yankees weren't even mentioned in the to- in the talks another reason we should be mad is the Yankees were hardly mentioned in any talks we got wind last night that they have been in touch with Carlos Correa encouraging but guess what can't happen for like two or three months now so no shortstop for that long we don't know what to think and then no trades not a single trade despite the and they let everybody jump ahead of them in line of the reds trade talks i know sunny gray is of no interest to us however luis castillo still could be an asset still could join this rotation wouldn't cost the yankees a whole lot because now he has one fewer year of control and the yankees have a stack farm system and they let the angels they let the dodgers they let um uh, the Rangers hop in front of them in line. so now you're talking about more market competition for when this eventually ends and I don't know why you think the Yankees would be in a good spot. Have they had have they had you know tremendous bargaining chips in the past with attracting free in recent memory in attracting free agents and on the trade market? No we talk about how they're constantly blackballed on the trade market so that's a bad enough sign as it is and we talk about them trying to lure free agents here. They've been very apathetic on the free agent market in recent years. You can go back to the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper uh, offseason as the best example. They had no interest in either of them for whatever reason, had no interest in Patrick Corbin or like minimal, whatever it was. So I don't know why we think that not doing anything before the lockout means, okay we can chill because we could just get stuff done post lockout. Yes, there is a reason to be optimistic what could happen post lockout but you're looking at everything in front of you and it doesn't feel that way at all
3: even the chintziest yankees like the worst version of how steinbrenner's yankees will be able to sign free agents after the lockout they're, they're yeah. not going to go into next year without having signed any free agent <laughs> nobody is worried about that i think why fans are allowed to be mad i mean for me it's a 2 prong thing one of the prongs being you see a lot of people rationalizing uh the the inactivity by saying that that you know a lot of the smartest teams actually didn't do anything either. The Astros, the Dodgers, yeah. the Red Sox. That's categorically false. They didn't act as much as the Rangers and Mariners. They weren't quite as involved in rumors. But the disparity between the Yankees and Red Sox and the Yankees and Astros and Yankees and Dodgers, you're not paying attention. The Dodgers signed Chris Taylor to a $60 million guaranteed deal. The Red Sox signed Michael Waka, Rich Hill, James Paxton for mostly next year, and traded Hunter Renfro for prospects and Jackie Bradley Jr. The Astros signed Hector Neris. All of those teams did much more than the Yankees did. So if you're going to claim that the smart the Tampa Bay Rays signed their best prospect to a 12 year mega extension. So if you're going to sign Cloud Kluber. Yeah, and Corey Kluber. You're <laughs> going to tell me the smart teams did nothing and the Yankees belong among the smart teams. Yeah, the smart teams didn't sign Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. The smart teams didn't sign Max Scherzer and the Mets weekend frenzy, but the smart teams all made at least one impactful move, most of them multiple. The Red Sox made four. How can you possibly tell me the Yankees did as much as the Red Sox did, that they're no. both in the same boat of waiting for the situation to develop? No. The Red Sox addressed their rotation with depth and veteran presence and upside. And I'm not a big believer in any of the guys they got, but they signed three starting pitchers, three starting pitchers. They have the pick of the litter when the lockout ends, too. They'll be able to sweep people up. Maybe they get a nice deal on Kyle Schwarber, who didn't sign before the lockout. They've cleared an outfield spot. Maybe they play in the Korea market. They're among the teams that have talked to him. I don't know what they're going to do. And yes, they're in the boat where they still have plenty of needs, and they will be waiting for people to come to them rather than going out and seeking out the player first. I get it, but they did four things before the lockout. We signed Joeli Rodriguez. Yeah. So we are not the same.
0: We I'm are not even in place.
1: I'm not even concerned about that, dude. I'm more concerned like people are comparing us to these teams and. All of those teams have done stuff in recent years. Dodgers have been to multiple World Series 1-1. Red Sox won a World Series, just made an unexpected playoff run. The Astros have ran the American League for the past five or six years. So I don't care in comparison to what you think other teams may or may not be doing. Yeah, sure. The Dodgers didn't retain Corey Seager or you know bring in Freddie Freeman or Carlos Correa. Okay, cool. They 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 actually prepared for that departure by trading for Trey Turner and now they could take care of some of their other guys with the financial flexibility that has has resulted from that. The Astros don't know what they're going to do but they're probably going to be fairly fine and the Red Sox Heim Bloom is always tinkering. He's always looking to do he's always looking to do little things here and there and I'm not saying that those pitching uh, decisions are going to, you know, uh, show immediate dividends but it provides depth and guess what? The Yankees can't hit Michael Walker or Rich Hill. So clearly moves made to troll the Yankees or just give the Red Sox another leg up on the Yankees. And it didn't matter if any of these teams made zero moves anyway, because their pedigree in recent years trumps ours infinitely. It's
3: not even close. Yeah, we're not the Rangers or the Angels, but we're certainly not in the upper tier of of the Red Sox, Astros, Dodgers and Rays, teams that all have uh, at least one trophy on their mantle for winning the league or winning the whole damn thing that the Rob Manfred piece of metal we don't have that um, and uh, the other the only other thing that makes me angry is good for the Mets go Mets yeah go, go out and get Max Scherzer go out and get those three guys that's great Steve Cohen we spent like a year and a half trolling him because last year we were told he was going to revitalize the industry he was going to change what it means <laughs> to be an owner and he cheaped out a lot of times he didn't get JT Real Muto he didn't get the top option behind the plate and in many he didn't get George Springer as we were told he would and it was like ha 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 very funny um you know billionaires are billionaires for a reason they like money they don't necessarily like being uh you know the, the, the reason they have acquired money is not to pay it to baseball players they're like money's <laughs> cool i bought a statue like so when when good ones run baseball teams it's never altruistic and so people are telling us like he's gonna get rid of all this money he's gonna spend it on all these guys and it's like why is he gonna do that he's a billionaire for a reason maybe he's more tight-fisted than anybody else or at least he's rational he's not completely irrational other owners were reportedly worried when they approved him like is he going to change ownership because we don't like paying anybody and he likes paying people like is he going to work with us or against us this offseason kudos to steve cohen the hat tip he worked against the rest of the owners yeah read the room and saw these idiots really for solidarity purposes before the lockout aren't going to spend jack shit so guess what i'm going to do buy helpful depth pieces and Starling Marte who's an all-star and it's an aging center fielder and I know they don't age well but for this year and next year you want him and who cares about the next 2 years because it really doesn't matter and then the cherry on top Max Scherzer who you know He out. he's Scherzer himself said the Dodgers weren't even close, and the closest offer was the Angels, I believe, but that it also wasn't close because Steve Cohen made a mockery of the other offers. So you have Steve Cohen looking at the owners who are reticent to spend because they're all got their arms locked together, going, "We love ownership," um, and (laughs) and so they, you know, they they don't want to make any waves before the stupid lockout. And Cohen's like, "I have a market. I have an inefficiency here." Nobody wants to spend. I will spend. I don't care if the owners are mad at me. The goal is to win baseball games. Hal Steinbrenner is in solidarity with the owners. He didn't want to rock the boat. He didn't want to make any big moves so that when he got together in the Smokers Lounge with the rest of the owners this week, they wouldn't look at him and be like, Hal, what was that? We all agreed. We wouldn't spend. Come on. <laughs> Corey Seager, ah, you're it for the rest of us. <laughs> Like dumb, like it's just infuriating that we we have a guy in the old boys club, basically. Yeah, who, who want who doesn't want to bother any of his fellow owners and there's a guy across town who's like nobody's spending really. You don't oh. want to, you want to make your team better. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll go crazy. I'll, I'll only go a little bit crazy because three years, one hundred thirty million dollars from Max Scherzer, short term, not yeah. long. Uh, Trevor Bauer acting like he invented the short-term extension Mm, for a 37-year-old man. Still funny. Hmm, where'd you get that idea? Short-term deal. Um, (laughs) It's his age. That's where he got that idea. Um, Sorry, you couldn't sign a nine-year deal. Max Scherzer, you're 46. (laughs) Trevor Bauer, you absolute fucking idiot. Um, But that's that's the problem. We have a good old boy owner and there's a guy on the other side of town who's like, people aren't buying people? Isn't that part of this game? I'm going to sign people. Yeah, big advantage for the Mets, too, because
1: not taking a shot at Mets fans. I don't think it's really a, any secret that it's not a prime destination for free agents. Hasn't really been a lot of teams kind of view them as uh, dysfunctional, rightfully so, especially what happened this last year. And Steve Cohen's only angle this offseason after cycling through three GMs uh, since his arrival, a manager, uh, player issues with Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil, whatever had happened in that scenario. Uh, Issues with Michael Conforto, where uh, whatever it was with Scott Boris and all the all the talking that was going on there, and then you have um, just his general activity on Twitter, which dissuades players. Why do you? Why is that the guy you want to play for? I don't know. Steve Cohen took advantage and said, you know what? If they want to, if people want to make a mockery of us, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in swoop swoop down and just start dropping money on these people because they're gonna want to come here if uh if they know there's a lengthy lockout coming and i can give them the financial security that they're going to want so props to the mets dude i have no hatred to the mets i uh i wish them the best don't know uh, how this is going to work out. I'm still worried about Jacob DeGrom's health. So, I mean, give me an update there, and then we can start talking about Mets World Series. I'm but, worried
3: about Scherzer's health, too. I don't yeah, really know if Scherzer's Scher- okay.
1: Yeah. Scherzer's dead arm. Who knows? Um, but I would have taken Scherzer. Uh, that's a move the Yankees need to be involved no in. The Yankees need yeah. to be involved in. Hey, Max, what's up, dude? How's, uh, you know, what would you have for lunch today? Cool. You don't want to sign with us? Okay, cool. Um, All right. Why should we calm down?
3: Uh, um. the mm, is there My any number, reason? Should yeah. We,
1: I have they, one. Yeah, yeah, go for it. We they, they can't do anything for two months. Yeah, this one. Three world. months. They can't, can't let us down. They, they can't screw it up. That's one. Was that you? Was that what you were
3: thinking? Well, no, number two. I mean, the the one reason I, I was going through the teams earlier that, that spent and that made big moves talking about that didn't do anything, we're talking about the Houston Astros. Yeah. Uh the Houston Astros signed Justin Verlander away from the Yankees two mm. weeks ago. It was kind of uh, – it was it was the first big swing and a miss of the offseason. It was like if they make the move, it'll define the offseason. If they weren't involved, that'll also define the offseason. And if they start lying to us about the money they were thinking about, maybe kind of sort of committing, but ultimately decided not to, then that would send the offseason in a third way. Ultimately, that's what happened. We didn't get him. The Yankees said, oh, 25 mil for one year is what we had, though. Isn't that pretty good? Justin Verlander said, no, I want to sign with the Astros. It was a whole big kerfuffle. You all remember this. The Yankees haven't signed anybody since – can't reiterate enough the only free agent signing is joely rodriguez then again a lot of people went official this week at his press conference serzer at his press conference byron buxton extension had his press conference no justin verlander press conference it didn't cross the waiver wire justin verlander is not signed at this moment I don't know what it means. I don't know if they're working out the the kinks. I don't know if the physical busted. I don't know what happened, but Justin Verlander is not a member of the Houston Astros. Nobody's on a major league roster right now. It's just gray faceless people. If you go to the website, Justin Verlander is not, there's not even a gray face next to Justin Verlander. He's not on the Astros roster whatsoever. So if you're a Verlander guy and you wanted the Yankees to swoop in there, they can make some inroads at the end of the two month hiatus or three month hiatus. I, I, I literally don't know what's going on there. All I know is that he's not a Houston Astro and they, they agreed several weeks ago. Yeah. It sure got done in a day. Is there a problem with the medicals? Are we at the one yard line? I don't know what we're doing on Justin Verlaner, but he's not an Astro.
1: Yeah. I don't, uh, at the very least, that means, um, yeah, there's a problem. Uh, I'm looking at it as if if he's if he doesn't end up signing with them, I don't care if it's with us. It just means the Astros are getting worse technically. If he's not if he's not able to go back, um, he'll it'll probably go back. Uh, someone, John Heyman might have mentioned that it'll just get uh, approved. It can only get approved after the lockout, so maybe they were hung up on some things and didn't want to rush it. But it is a good point because it could put another pitcher on the market and it could make one of our chief rivals worse. Another big reason, Yankees have time, time to think, time to strategize. I know they already had a month to do that, but you know how Brian Cashman likes to operate. Um, he, he is very deliberate, um, especially with his trade packages, when negotiating with these other teams. Um, the Yankees are even more deliberate nowadays with finding the right price point for these certain free agents. So on top of having the time, you got guys available. Freddie Freeman available, and the Yankees have been mentioned there. I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm saying, hey, Freddie Freeman, Braves legend. If you're a Braves fan, and Freddie Freeman is a legend, and Freddie Freeman is unsigned after a World Series winning season where revenue is popping off, Ooh. you had a World Series parade, and he is not re-signed yet. You're concerned. You're beyond concerned because I don't want. Because if this was, you know, Derek Jeter and he was just not signed for you know two months after a World Series, and now it's going to be four months after a World Series victory. There's a lot of reason to be concerned there. And then you have the Braves reportedly checking in on Matt Olson, So potentially, they're preparing for his departure based on what we're hearing. Again, don't know if it's true. These are reports. This is buzz that we're uh, uh, hearing from the the most esteemed insiders. So you got to trust some of it. And the dots, you connect the dots here, the Dodgers and Yankees are interested in Freeman. That means you know that there's something going on, whether they're offering more money um, or whatever it is. But if the Yankees want to splurge, and I know that they are hesitant to do so, I know Freddie Freeman's 32, but the Yankees are looking at availability now. Availability, pedigree, veteran leadership. Freddie Freeman brings all those things to the table. Um, And he looks like a guy who would age well. I don't know if that's just me trying to talk myself into this, but, um, yeah, his swing is kind of just timeless. Uh, and, um, he's, his defense continues to just get better and be really good. Um, so I don't know when the plateau is for him. Uh, but I'm liking that. And then you look around to backup plan, Anthony Rizzo still available. Chris Bryant. I know may not be a fit, but potential utility guy still available. Trevor story and Carlos Correa still available. Like you said before, Kyle Schwarber, still available. Um, so there's a lot of guys. Nick Castellanos, I don't know if that's of any interest. I, I, I have no idea. Carlos Rodon, available. Zach Greinke, probably not, but still uh, no. plenty of names. still. Matthew Boyd, the Yankees' other white whale, still available.
3: Um, all our white whales suck. Yeah, like, all our white whales are terrible. I mean, even Jacob Stallings. Like, man, yeah. We're all going to go nuts over Jacob Stallings, below average offense. But I mean, we did, and we yeah. will continue to.
1: Either way, there's people available. There's people who want jobs um, and the Yankees. If you look at if what do you want for the Yankees offseason, a lot of people want, wanted Seager. Then there was a late push for Correa. And then people were uh, compromising with themselves with Trevor Story. You got Correa and Trevor Story still available. And you have maybe the short-term monster deal for Trevor Story still available. I know that at this point, Javier Baez signing with the Tigers might upend that a little bit uh, because Trevor story is going to look at that and just be like, yeah, I'm better, dude. My numbers are better. And, i ju I'm, I'm younger than him or I'm right around his age. So like I should probably get 175 mil and call it a day here. Um, so I don't know in ter- I don't know the complications there, but there's, and then you talk about the trade market. There's plenty of time to strategize there. Matt Olson possible. The A's are selling. So, Come up with your packages now. Make, make, even, make even more than you did over the last month if you made any. I don't know if they made any. I really don't because I didn't hear, we didn't hear anything beyond like just their regular interest. Names weren't exchanged the last we heard from Jack Curry. Jack Curry, smart man. Like him a lot. So I trust what he has to say. Um, Luis Castillo, you want a pitcher? Possibility. Um, a lot of other teams are going to be selling as well when, when, when this all comes uh, back to normal. Um, so there's time there's players available. The Yankees just need to have their ducks in a row and they're going to need to strike fast. So it just depends if you're optimistic about that or not. I think that's what's going to be the deciding factor here in terms of revamping the 2022 roster.
3: Yeah, what I'm absolutely not here for is just seeing the Mets thriving again on both ends of this, you know, out-of-work tentpole event. And good for—I mean, I already know how they operate. I don't know how we operate. I know nothing about how we operate. I know what we lie about. I don't know how we operate. Uh, I mean, if you're fantasy drafting for next season, Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa are are the options you take. That that, there's not a bat, and and Matt Olson is a perfectly fine option, even though it involves surrendering assets, like. There are there's an all-star team of names available. It's not like there's nobody available, but the smart teams struck before and yes. are trying to clean up after. We've done nothing, so a little pessimistic. I mean, you want a vision of the future for how this offseason could go, how dull it could get, how tumbleweedy it could be by the end of this? We're going to be playing comments like this. Jared asks, hi. <laughs> Jared. Hey, Jared. What's, What's up, up, man? Pete? That's that's what we're looking for this offseason. People saying hello. Us putting it on the big board and saying hello back. That, that's the best we're going to be able to do in, in January. <laughs> for sure. I'm already pessimistic. Uh, that is it for this lockout mega cast of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. Along with a mailbag question, we'll be more than happy to answer it. Rest assured, you are locked out of baseball transactions, but you are not locked out of us for some of you that might be a bad thing we're going to inundate you with just as much content without the news to discuss we're going to be bringing you that we can say the players names legally on this podcast yeah, great. Uh, unlike mlb.com which i mean the left side of mlb.com looks like if someone who never watched baseball before was inside was assigned to write about baseball it's like what is the longest game <laughs> the story of the time of baseball was lumpy it's like it's it's absolutely like a BuzzFeed writer being hired at MLB.com for one day, being like, Babe Ruth, wear hat backwards? Yes, <laughs> no. Um, it's insane. But we can legally say the players' names. We can even put pictures up from time to time. We're probably not going to do it. Yanks, Yankees logo, we've got that too. I mean, we we are still in the baseball business, even though baseball is out of business. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrub.
1: And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please head on over to YankeesGoyard.com. Believe it or not, we got post or i guess during lockout content for you content team came up with a lot of good ideas that we're going to be rolling out every day um and there's a lot of residual stuff that we can still talk about dot connecting what have you it's going to be fun and we're still on twitter at YanksGoYardFS, fs the official YanksGoYard twitter account plenty to talk about there um and until then folks enjoy your weekend we'll be seeing you again on monday at 2 p.m live on
3: youtube yes we will we'll be back Don't know what we're talking about, but we'll figure it out. We'll see you on Monday.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.